Section 44 of The Complete Poetical Works. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Complete Poetical Works by Edgar Allan Poe. Section 44 Tamerlane. Kind solace in a dying hour. Such father is not now my theme. I will not madly deem that power of earth may shrive me of the sin unearthly pride hath reveled in. I have no time to dote or dream. You call it hope, that fire of fire. It is but agony of desire. If I can hope, O oh God, I can. Its fount is holier, more divine. I would not call thee fool, old man, but such is not a gift of thine. Know thou the secret of a spirit bowed from its wild pride into shame. O yearning heart, I did inherit thy withering portion with the fame, the searing glory which hath shone amid the jewels of my throne, halo of hell, and with a pain not hell shall make me fear again. O craving heart for the lost flowers, and sunshine of my summer hours, the undying voice of that dead time, with its interminable chime, rings in the spirit of a spell upon thy emptiness a knell. I have not always been as now, the fevered diadem on my brow, I claimed and won usurpingly, Hath not the same fierce heirdom given Rome to the Caesar, this to me? The heritage of a kingly mind, and a proud spirit which hath striven triumphantly with humankind. On mountain soil I first drew life, the mists of the Taglay have shed nightly their dews upon my head, and I believe the winged strife and tumult of the headlong air have nestled in my very hair. So late from heaven that dew it fell, mid dreams of an unholy night, upon me with the touch of hell, while the red flashing of the light from clouds that hung like banners o'er appeared to my half-closing eye the pageantry of monarchy. And the deep trumpet thunder's roar came hurriedly upon me, telling of human battle where my voice, my own voice, silly child, was swelling, Oh, how my spirit would rejoice, and leap within me at the cry, the battle-cry of victory. The rain came down upon my head, unsheltered, and the heavy wind rendered me mad and deaf and blind. It was but man, I thought, who shed laurels upon me, and the rush, the torrent of the chilly air, gurgled within my ear the crush of empires with the captive's prayer the hum of suitors, and the tone of flattery round a sovereign's throne. My passions from that hapless hour usurped a tyranny which men have deemed since I have reached power, my innate nature, be it so. But, father, there lived one who then, then in my boyhood, when their fire burned with a still intenser glow, for passion must with youth expire, e'en then who knew this iron heart in woman's weakness had a part 
I have no words, alas, to tell the loveliness of loving well, nor would I now attempt to trace the more than beauty of a face whose lineaments upon my mind are shadows on the unstable wind. Thus I remember having dwelt some page of early lore upon, with loitering eye till I have felt the letters with their meaning melt to fantasies with none. Oh, she was worthy of all love, love as in infancy was mine, t'was such as angel minds above might envy, her young heart the shrine on which my every hope and thought were incense, then a goodly gift, for they were childish and upright, pure as her young example taught. Why did I leave it, and adrift, trust to the fire within for light? We grew in age and love together, roaming the forest and the wild, my breast her shield in wintry weather, and when the friendly sunshine smiled, and she would mark the opening skies, I saw no heaven but in her eyes. Young love's first lesson is the heart, for mid that sunshine and those smiles, when from our little cares apart, and laughing at her girlish wiles, I'd throw me on her throbbing breast, and pour my spirit out in tears, there was no need to speak the rest, no need to quiet any fears of her who asked no reason why, but turned on me her quiet eye. Yet more than worthy of the love my spirit struggled with and strove, when on the mountain peak alone, Ambition lent it a new tone. I had no being but in thee, the world and all it did contain, in the earth, the air, the sea, its joy, its little lot of pain, that was new pleasure, the ideal, dim vanities of dreams by night, and dimmer nothings which were real, shadows and a more shadowy light, parted upon their misty wings, and so confusedly became thine image and a name, a name, two separate yet most intimate things. I was ambitious. Have you known the passion, father? You have not. A cottager I marked a throne of half the world as all my own, and murmured at such lowly lot. But just like any other dream, upon the vapour of the dew my own had passed, did not the beam of beauty which did while it threw, the minute, the hour, the day, oppress my mind with double loveliness. We walked together on the crown of a high mountain which looked down, afar from its proud natural towers of rock and forest on the hills, the dwindled hills, begirt with bowers, and shouting with a thousand rills. I spoke to her of power and pride, but mystically, in such guise that she might deem it not beside the moment's converse. In her eyes I read, perhaps too carelessly, a mingled feeling with my own. The flush on her bright cheek to me seemed to become a queenly throne, too well that I should let it be light in the wilderness alone. I wrapped myself in grandeur then, and donned a visionary crown, yet it was not that fantasy had thrown her mantle over me, but that among the rabble, men, 
Lion ambition is chained down, and crouches to a keeper's hand. Not so in deserts, where the grand, the wild, the terrible conspire, with their own breath to fan his fire. Look round thee now on Samarkand. Is she not queen of earth, her pride above all cities, in her hand their destinies? In all beside of glory which the world hath known, stands she not nobly and alone? Falling, her various stepping-stone shall form the pedestal of a throne. And who her sovereign? Timor, he whom the astonished people saw striding o'er empires haughtily, a diademed outlaw. O human love, thou spirit given, on earth of all we hope in heaven, which falsed into the soul like rain upon the Sirach withered plain, and failing in thy power to bless, but leavest the heart a wilderness. Idea which bindest life around with music of so strange a sound, and beauty of so wild a birth, farewell, for I have won the earth. When hope the eagle that towered could see no cliff beyond him in the sky, his pinions were bent droopingly, and homeward turned his softened eye. T'was sunset, when the sun will part, there comes a sullenness of heart. To him who still would look upon the glory of the summer sun, that soul will hate the evening mist, so often lovely, and will list to the sound of the coming darkness, known to those whose spirits hearken as one who in a dream of night would fly, but cannot, from a danger nigh. What though the moon, though the white moon, shed all the splendor of her noon, her smile is chilly, and her beam in that time of dreariness will seem so like you gather in your breath a portrait taken after death, and boyhood is a summer sun whose waning is the dreariest one. For all we live to know is known, and all we seek to keep hath flown. Let life then as the day flower fall, with the noonday beauty which is all. I reached my home, my home no more, for all had flown who made it so. I passed from out its mossy door, and though my tread was soft and low, a voice came from the threshold stone, of one whom I had earlier known. Oh, I defy thee, hell, to show on beds of fire that burn below an humbler heart, a deeper woe. Father, I firmly do believe, I know for death who comes for me, from regions of the blest afar, where there is nothing to deceive, hath left his iron gate ajar. And rays of truth you cannot see are flashing through eternity. I do believe that Eblis hath a snare in every human path, else how, when in the holy grove, I wandered of the idol love, who daily scents his snowy wings with incense of burnt offerings, from the most unpolluted things, whose pleasant bowers are yet so riven above with trellised rays from heaven. No mote may shun, no tiniest fly, the lightning of his eagle eye. How was it that ambition crept, unseen amid the revels there, till growing bold he laughed and leapt, in the tangles of love's very hair. End of poem. 
This recording is in the public domain.